And we're back. Hey, what's up, man? This is your co-host, Don Long, with another episode of Chatting with Country, where we help you every single way we can, financially, mentally, spiritually. Whatever we can do to help you be the best version of you, that's what we do. And before we jump into it today, let me introduce to you your host, is Country. Well, hello, hello. We've been in the triple digits here, and it's weighing a person out. You hear me? It's burning up. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) It's hot. Hey, man. Any day you can get is a good day. It is on this side. Well, we say it's another day's journey. I'm so glad about about it. But God bless the AC workers out there, everybody out there fixing them ACs, make sure they got that Freon and people that fix Central Air and all that kind of stuff. Just pulling up, you know, making sure people stay cool. Um, you know, if you know somebody who um, may not have the best AC, may not have the best living situation, man, invite them over and let them sit in your AC for a couple hours. Give them a glass of lemonade or something. Yeah, and two, you know, Look at your community and see what they offer and provide. It's a lot of cooling shelters and stuff in different communities that a lot of people don't even know about. We find so many senior citizens in homes in the homes that beat passed away from heat exhaustion and different things like that. So check on your seniors. Yep. Also check on your pets. So not that we check equating on one with the other, but you know, make sure you check on your pets too. Because a lot. Hey, of that's true. Know. Don't leave them in the car. You leave them in the car. Leave them and put some water in the car. You know. Don't just leave them in there. And please don't leave your kids in the car. I know we came up in the leave your kid in the car generation, but that is no longer acceptable in 2023, folks. So let's not leave our kids in the car. Yeah. You know, we don't know, you know, who could break a window and snatch them up out of there. We don't know um, what type of, you know, things could happen. If they decide to drive off, you right. know, they watch. They're very observant. Oh, yeah, man. You know, I've seen three-year-olds turn off the alarm clock. <laughs> like, you do this quite often, <laughs> right? You 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 need ten more minutes before you go to daycare. What up? <laughs> I guess. So how you feeling? You feeling all right? I'm good. I can't complain. Again, on this side, um, halfway through the work week, you know, and kind of is what it is. It's huh? okay. some fires going on somewhere. Um. My thoughts, I haven't slept. I probably slept for about two hours. So I'm just up moving and grooving at this point. My thoughts, man, they have just been all over the place. Like, seriously, I did a lot of writing this morning and just thinking. And for people at home, when you get into those, um, I can't sleep. That's usually um, supernatural download. You know, God trying to impart information onto you. Bible says to give you witty ideas and new inventions. Um, I know that I would wake up at three in the morning and it just has some of the most interesting, impactful thoughts that during the day I couldn't get because it was too much happening. So sometimes in that quiet hour, you know, the old folks, you know, they would talk about this. You know, if you grew up in them old churches, you know, you know, God comes to you in a vision. You know, old folks come visit you in, in, in your light, late hours, you know. You know, maybe an old love or an old husband or something. I know my aunt, she was almost 100 when she told me this. You know, she said her husband would come visit her at night. So, you know, things happen in the nighttime because it's quiet. You know, so if you do get into a situation where you are up, 
and you can't figure out what's going on, pick up a pen. You know, um, some some of our greatest leaders sleep by you know sleep with a pen by the bed. You know, so and plus you want to get I'll it. I sleep with my pen by the bed. You know, not mm-hmm. to cut you off. I have yeah. my notebook and my ink pen right there because when it's from God, He'll give it to you and it'll stick, so mm-hmm. that you can write it down and take care of it. You know, sometimes people wake up and be like, "Well, I can't remember that dream. Maybe that wasn't the dream for you to remember." But when it's from God for me, then I'm able to recall it and write it down, you know. And so sometimes, you know, you have to keep writing to put everything together. And by the mm-hmm. time you get it all together, sometimes even I already came to pass, it'd be too late. But that's okay, too, because we're all a work in progress and we're trying to figure out that spiritual side of us because we are those dual beings, you know, and it's hard for people to really acknowledge that and separate okay i'm flesh and spirit uh but yeah you know even if you call it energies you got energies and you have the flesh you know what i'm saying so however people want to label it um we do need to figure out how to tap into both of those sides of us and it's real Mm -hmm. important because your energy speaks to you you know your spirit man speaks to you and you have to cut off and disconnect from a lot of this worldly stuff that's going on so that you can hear. You miss out on your blessings because you're not still enough to listen in your quiet time. You don't even create quiet time. Something always has to be going in your ear. Can't even take a bath. Look, I'm going off now. Look, <laughs> You can't even take a bath, you know, in peace because you're so used to having an earbud in your ear or you know, noise in the background, TV on, on the phone with somebody. It's always something going on. And that's not good. Well, just to stand right there for a second, you know, to kind of rewind. Um, yeah, you want to write it down as soon as possible because what typically happens to most of us, and, and you probably don't even realize this in most cases, because I know until, you know, Dr. Joe Spencer really broke it down for me, I didn't really understand it either. Most of us live in the past. You know, we wake up in the morning and we immediately connect to stuff that's already going on, stuff that's already happening, um, stuff that we identify with from our past. You know, when a person says always lose, they talking about their past. You know, when a person talks about um, I never get what I want, they're talking about their past because you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. You can get what you want. You can win tomorrow. So if you wake up and God's trying to download something into you and you immediately go to the phone and see what's going on that's already happened (laughs) um you immediately start looking at stuff that's already going on you know arguments that you've already had text messages that have already been sent then you are not living in the present you are living in the past in the past you can't change you you can't change what already happened the only thing you can do is deal with what's in front of you so if you immediately go into I'm a loser, nobody loves me, I'm always going to be alone, that message that God sent you gets canceled out. You know, because God is giving you something for your future, you know, to give you to an expected end. But if you immediately jump into, you know, oh my God, you know, I text him last night and he ain't text me back, you know, he must be cheating, or you talk about what's going on at the job. Now you to canceled out whatever God is trying to give you because you won't let go of the past. You you become Lot's wife. You know, you looking back. You know, your past is literally no indicator of what your future could be. So 
anything that's happened to you, you survived. And then the other thing, and, you know, I really don't pub the books and stuff like that because that's not why I come on. But, you know, go back and pick up a copy of God Wants You to Dominate. And what I talk about in the book is that you are three pieces. You are spirit, mind, and body. And that your body is the mind for the car. Your body is, your body is simply the car. Your mind tells the body what to do. You know, so if your mind is clear and your mind is giving your body direction, now your body has to come into submission. That's where the fasting and the praying and the working out and the forcing yourself to be disciplined comes in. It is so that you can bring the body under control because the body is always going to seek to protect you. You know, it's always going to seek to be comfortable. It's always going to seek to be at ease. It's always going to seek to be pleased and comforted because that's its job. You know, your mind is communicating with your soul. Your soul is communicating with God. God gives something to your soul. Your soul then communicates with the mind on how we're going to make this thing work. <laughs> and then you give your body direction. And then to add on to that, you know, we have to watch what we shut down. If God is steady giving it to us and um, say he putting people on your hearts, on your minds, and, you know, and you don't call that person and you look up, they, they done passed away. You're like, dang, I should have called them. All of that is learning that inner voice. Like what voice was that speaking to you, telling you that you need to call and start identifying with that voice, you know? Um, and then I was going to say, watch what you speak. Because Satan don't know our future. Only God knows that, right? God said it's written. He knows our, our beginning and our end. But Satan don't. And so he only knows our past. And he uses so well to dangle in front of us to get us into trouble. And, you know, he knows what we speak from our mouth. And so when they talk about speaking in a heavenly language and different things like that, the, the adversary can't identify with that. And so we really have to watch what we putting out into the atmosphere because Satan can take those things and twist it. They always say, you know, God send blessings, but the devil send, send blessings in disguise as well. And so as you grow, we need to be able to separate and, you know, differentiate the two because it's very vital to the outcome. We block our blessings all the time because we cannot hear. Well, here's the thing with that, though. That goes back to the whole body wanting to be comforted thing, the eye wanting to be stimulated, the, the ear wanting to be pleased, um, ego way of, of living. Um, a lot of us, you know, we grew up, you know, when you, when you were a kid, they put sugar on the, the, the stuff. They put sugar on rice, sugar on grits, you know. They put honey on the biscuit. They put, you know, sweet things to make us eat them but in the process they made us sugar addicted you know um they rewarded us with cakes and cookies and they made us sugar addicted you know they gave us tv and internet and phones and video games and they made us you know dopamine addicted and with that being said at the time it feels good you know i'm playing video games all day at the time it feels good you know, that I'm eating candy and cake and drinking pop. As you get older, it feels good to be having sex, you know. But what you start to realize as you get older is that all of these distractions that have been put in my place have only kept me from being the thing that I was supposed to be. Mm -hmm. You know, I said the other day, you know, in the beginning, it's hard. It's just the truth. It's hard. Um, 
I hate push-ups. I do them, but I hate them. You know, and the reason I say I hate them is because I don't like the first 10 to 15 because typically I'm stiff. Typically I got a little pain in my wrist or um, a little pain in my shoulder. And what I had to start to develop and understand, and I'm just sharing, you know, is that after that first 10, it don't hurt no more. Like I could literally do a hundred, you know, not at one time, like typically the sets of 25 to 30. But after the first 10, it does not hurt anymore. But that first 10 will keep me from doing a hundred. Like, oh man, my wrist or oh man, my shoulder, or oh man, you know, this is uncomfortable. And that's what your body and the devil are playing on. They're playing on that anxiety, that fight or flight that you feel when you start to change, when you start to do something new, you know, when you start to separate yourself from your friends. And now you got that bored period because you used to fill in that time with negative conversations or mindless conversations. And now you feel uncomfortable. Um, the devil plays in doubt. You know, well, what are people going to think? What are people going to say? You know, what if you fail? What if you look stupid? You know, but that's that first 10 push-ups. You know, if you could get past that first 10, now you can get 100 out. And if you get 100 out for 100 days, imagine what you could achieve. You know, so I'm telling you this now, but best believe I didn't tell people that when I was trying to get through that first 10 because I didn't need them telling me to stop. You know, I didn't tell people some of the stuff I was doing because I didn't need them talking against it. You know, so again, the devil, yeah, he's going to come in 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 creating doubt. You know, you you sure you want to get divorced? You know, how you gonna pay your bills? Ain't nobody gonna want you. And then that becomes a voice that you wake up every day and hit play on. Mm -hmm. You know, you wake up in the morning and you hit play on, on that the same voice. negative voice. Yeah, on the wrong voice. You know, God tried to give you something at three o'clock. You woke up at five o'clock, hit play on, don't nobody love you, don't nobody want you. You ain't gonna never be able to do nothing. This just who you supposed to be. Money ain't everything, you know. And you start making up all of these playlists of all the negative stuff that people have given you, not realizing if God said it's so, then it's so. You know, why would he give you witty ideas and inventions? Why would he say he wanted you to have life to the full if he didn't mean it? You know, what Jesus say? I would not have told you if it wasn't so. You know, I delight in your prosperity. You know, you'll be blessed in the city, blessed in the field, blessed in your coming, blessed in the going. So why would you let, you know, people who are ambassadors, you know, a bull, <laughs> you know, convince you otherwise? So how do we turn 3 a.m. into a positive? Because a lot of people are, you know, up at 3 a.m. And again, like you said, they surfing the web or shaking their leg and can't sleep, staring at the ceiling. Like, what are some things people can do? Um, we spoke about journaling. What, you know, what can they do at 3 a.m.? Well, at 3 a.m., you can A. 2, 3, 4, right? Because all the hours. There you go. All right. Well, three, first thing you got to realize is that you're awake for a reason, you know, and it could be because God is trying to tell you something. It could be because there's something that's already in you that now you are finally quiet enough to get out. So one thing I do is I breathe, you know, 
Inhale, one, two, three, four, five, six. Hold, one, two, three, four, five, six. Exhale, one, two, three, four, five, six. Inhale, one, two, three, four, five, six. Hold, one, two, three, four, five, six. Exhale. And what the breathing does is it allows you to become oxygenated. And once your brain is oxygenated, then it helps you to clear your thoughts. It helps you to quiet the voices because now you're concentrating on the one, two, three, four, five, six, and not whatever that crazy thing is running around in your head. So now as you start to get your breathing under control, then you say, okay, my next step is when I get up, well, my next step is to sit up. Once I sit up, I'm going to get up. Once I get up, I'm going to get a pen. I'm going to get a pen and I'm going to sit at my desk. And then write, what am I feeling? You know, because the thing with taking your thoughts and taking your body under control is so God can talk to you. You know, the thing with being able to control your mouth is so God can use you and bless you and give you the things that you want. So the meditating, the breathing, the stretching, the exercising, all that stuff is just to make your body come under submission. So at three in the morning, start with the breathing. That's the easiest thing to do. You know, one, two, three, four, five, six, hold. One, two, three, four, five, six, exhale. One, two, three, four, five, six. And once you get clear, then start to stack your steps. First sit up, then get up, then get pinned, then get to desk. You know, and then once you get your mind clear and you've given your body direction, your body just will follow along. You know, once I sit up, I am going to get up. Once I get up, I'm going to get pinned. And that's how you do it. Um, and beyond that, I know one thing that's really been working for me lately is, and I don't know how this works for other people. This might just be something that works for me, but just really focusing in on what, it feels like to be who I'm supposed to be. You know, what would it feel like if I was everything I was supposed to be? You know, what would it feel like if I could constantly be waking up to oceans? What would it feel like if people always pick me up and draw me around? What would it feel like if, you know, I was on stages, you know, every weekend? You know, what would it feel like if I had workshops all the time? And once you start focusing on the version of you that you want to be, then you just kind of get to that. What, what has to happen for me to do it? Okay. Well, for me, I got to put out products. You know, for me, I got to continue to work on my craft. That's all I got to do. You know, stay healthy, stay focused and stay involved. So now I'm up. Let me get up and start working on the things that I need to work on to get where I need to get. But if we never think about where we need to get, then how do we put together a process that gets us there? Mm -hmm. you know, and a lot of us we know in our minds what we really want but then people have talked us out of it yeah. yeah you know people call you arrogant you know we go back and we look at joseph you know and his brothers threw him in the pit because he was telling them what was on his heart and what god was giving him and what was coming to pass you know he's like man one day i'm gonna be in charge of all this stuff man throw his ass in the pit him and his coat <laughs> Yeah. You know, and what happened at the end? My man, you know, went through all of that stuff, ended up in jail, wife screamed rape on him, but he was able to interpret those dreams. And the same folks that threw him in the pit, he had to come back and get. Yeah. Yeah. But most people are not going to see you the way God sees you. And if you ever meet somebody to see you the way that God sees you, 
they from God. <laughs> you know, most people are going to say you, how could it be you? Because they're judging you on your past. Yeah. You know, you was a C student. So was George Bush. <laughs> so what's your point? You ain't got no degree. So what? A whole bunch of people are millionaires that don't have degrees. You will never be able to lose no weight. How you going to lose weight? You know, how you going to get this? How you, don't worry about how I'm going to get it. You know, which is why, you know, sometimes you can't tell them, you know, because they'll throw you in the verbal pit or the physical pit, you know, in that particular case in the Bible, because they just don't see you that way. Not that it's not possible. They don't see you. you know, they're not calling you beloved. You know, I mean, I talked you... about other people that have the eyes to um, see things that, you know, you can't. Right. Mm -hmm. So a person might come around that already knows your outcome and it's like because I don't see it or I don't feel it, then I just I don't agree with it. And then you miss out on some good stuff and good people because, you know, you didn't want to be open enough to receive what it is the person was saying to you. Um, you start sounding like Eminem. That's just the way I am. You know, no, we are meant to evolve yeah. and grow. Yeah. No. A lot of people who are stuck because that's just who they are. And when you have a person who has a closed mindset as opposed to an open mindset, how do you grow? You know, you, I mean, I look at us in the church a lot of times. We're sick because we won't understand how science works. <laughs> you know, we're sick because we won't open ourselves up. Oh, that ain't, that ain't nothing. You know, ain't nobody going to be eating all them herbs. Ain't nobody going to be doing all that stuff. Like, okay, so because you won't listen to the person who's telling you how to heal yourself naturally, you're going to die from disease. You know, because you're not listening to the person who's trying to help you elevate yourself and, and calm your nerves and, and get you to a point where you are in control of your body, you're going to stress yourself into illness. You know, but if you're never willing to listen and, and be open to the idea that there might possibly be a better way, a better life, a different opportunity, a different outcome, how are you? And I'm not going to tell you, I'm going to ask you, how are you then going to grow? You know, if you're only around people who think like you, talk like you, act like you, how are you going to learn something different? You know, I'm going to get on my soapbox for a hot 30 seconds. That's what's wrong with our kids. You know, that they're only looking at one person or one group of people. When we went to school, we had to go to school with everybody. You know, now we're in a room where it's just black kids or it's just white kids or it's just urban kids or it's just kids who like what we like. You know, every station is curated specifically for us to where we don't learn nothing about nothing else. We become ignorant to everything because nobody's forcing us to be open-minded enough to see it. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, kids can't tell you nothing about, you know, the music of their grandparents or parents, you know, nothing about no Earth, Wind and Fires and OJs and any of that stuff. Why? Because they got their earpods in. When I was a kid, I learned all that music. Why? Because I sat at the top of the stairs. You know, I ain't had nothing else to do. 
Like, ooh, that sounds like a cool song. I wonder what that one is. Oh, they play that one all the time. That must be one of their favorites. You know, I had nothing else to do, so I had to sit around with my aunties and my uncles. They made you go places with them, so you had to talk to them. That's yeah. like, sound like my post that I did this morning. I said, I'm laying here in my house as usual, but listen, I bet weird chicken restaurants are about to start popping up in poor communities. Why? Because they have to sell this lab-created chicken and pink slime to someone. Also, the government is giving a one-time stipend of $700 to the people of Hawaii. Like, really? They want the land. Tourists are complaining because their trip was canceled. Fun has become has come before hard work. Young people feel they are entitled to it all. Churches are weird. No one checks on the elders. People are lovers of stuff, stuff that you can't take with you. No one takes accountability. No one wants to be committed. We're friends and fearful <clears throat> of the work that commitment takes. It's easier to do it alone. It's less stress. Marriages are failing because of lack of communication, understanding, and respect. Two will always be better than one. The love is gone. The mind is taken over. Families are dis at a disconnect. Kids communicate through text. They clone they clone Tyrone place so many things in front of us and people laugh, made it appear normal. Do people ask questions anymore? Music is trash. The celebrities are confused and normal behind closed doors. And then I said, Okay, but my but my mind need um I said, okay, I'm done, but ma'am, I need a friend. Well, here's the thing. You know, marketing and advertising, people fail to realize the television is not 100 years old. Neither is the internet, you know, neither is reels or any of that stuff. That stuff's not 100 years old. So what we've been marketed and advertised to is the American dream. Now, there are the people who live in America and there are the people who run America. Okay. The people who run America, they think and live very differently than the people who live in America. Now, I'm not saying they don't live in America. It's just that they think differently. You know? So I always tell this, this, this kind of story and I talk about Billy from the Hills. And I'm like, Billy from the Hills, you know, he didn't have slaves. He didn't have land. You know, and when slaves came, he didn't have a job. So now Billy from the Hills had to go live in the hills. They called him a squatter. They called him a redneck. You know, he was disenfranchised. Okay. Why? Because he was not part of the, um, as Mike, Big Mike calls it, Killer Mike, um, the allegory, you know, the the old, the ruling body. He was not part of the, the in crowd. So now when it was time to fight, the North, talking about early America, the North had all the weapons, you know, because they had all the industry. So they had the guns, the cannons, they had all that stuff. And the rich people in the South had all the money because they had free labor, you know, courtesy of, the, you know, good old African-Americans. And they had the the agriculture. So they had the cotton fields, they had the tobacco fields, they had the sugar cane, you know, they had the, the ideal climate for crops. So they had way more money 
but they just didn't have industry. You know, they needed more people. So they bred more slaves. But then when it came time to fight, you know, obviously the slaves not going to fight for you. So who do you go get? You go get Billy from the hills. Okay, Billy, here's your chance. If you fight, if you fight for us and we win, we're going to give you some land. So now Billy go out there and he fighting the Civil War. He do everything. Okay. So they don't win, but hey, they hold down. You know, they still here. So now Billy come to cash his check. Now, hey, man, you said if we fought for you, you know, you give us some land, you know, you let us in. So now here's what they tell Billy. Billy, you, you can't be a, a part of us. You ain't got no education. So now Billy goes to their schools. Okay. Well, Billy, you can't be part of us. You ain't got no house. So now Billy go gets a house. Billy, you can't be part of us. Look at how you dress. So Billy go gets the clothes. But Billy, you, you, you're still walking. You ain't even got nothing to ride in. You got to go get your horse and buggy. So now Billy got to go buy a horse. Billy got to go buy a buggy. Okay. But here's the trick in all that. Who owns the school? Who owns the housing? Who owns the uh, horse and buggy, i.e. the car lot? Um, who owns the clothing? Okay. So what they did was they took poor Billy from the hills and waved the carrot in front of his face, face telling him that he would be socially acceptable if he did these things. So now Billy spends his whole life trying to be liked and trying to be accepted and trying to be a part of something that don't want him. But the only reason they willing to deal with him at all is because he keep giving them all their money because he keep fighting for them because he keep giving up his opportunity to be healthy and whole for this fool's goal. Now tell me what's the difference between the story I just told you and what happens every single day. Right. You, know, you want to be an American. You want the American dream. You want what you see on TV. So now you go spend all your resources on college. Then you come out with college debt. And I'm not against college. I'm just saying that if you do it for the wrong reasons, it can be more of a burden than it can um, help. You know, you got to ride in a certain car. You got to wear certain clothes. You got to look a certain way. So now you spend your whole life thinking you're not good enough and trying to please the people who are never going to love you. You know? So what do we do? We stress you out, then we sell you meds. <laughs> you know, Xanax, marijuana, alcohol, you know, food. And who are the people who are under the most pressure? The poorest people, you know? And I'm not talking about, you know, project poor. I'm talking about people who go to work every day, working poor. You know, those are the poorest people because they believe the dream. You know, but if I go to work and I make... Because they believe the dream. All right. Because <laughs> they believe the dream. You know, I mean, think about it. If you're in the hood, you you trying to figure out how to come up. And you know that, hey, man, ain't nobody about to hire me. 
man, ain't nobody about to let me in college. So you automatically thinking different. Like, yeah, that ain't me. You know, I know I ain't about to go down here and get no job at the mill and, and be no foreman. So I got to figure out another way. Now, sometimes that's crime. You know, but sometimes, you know, that's entrepreneurship and inventions and, and creativity, whether it be art, music, um, learning how to flip houses, learning how to rebuild cars, learning how to take stuff that people don't want and making it into something. See, them people, they moving on the outside of the system. You know, and those people honestly have a much better chance of making it because they're not buying into the system. And the only time they really don't make it is when they get enough money to get into the system and then the system treats them like everybody else. You know, I mean, how many dope dealers? And then, you know, this might not be the conversation we want to have, but I'm going to have it. No. The 3 a.m. talks, but that's okay. Go ahead. <laughs> so how many drug dealers had they not bought so much jewelry and so many cars and so many bottles would be so much further along in life? Ooh, talk to me. Talk to me. If somebody would have taught me how to invest, I would have been all right now. You know, if they would have knew how to invest in accountants and in lawyers instead of, you know, in box Chevys and Jordans. You know, be, but because you're basically doing the same thing as Billy from the Hills, you know, which is trying to make yourself more acceptable to people who don't want you. <laughs> the opportunity you had went away. You might've been hustling for three, four years and it was going good. But what happened? You got too cute, got too flashy, decided to wear a chinchilla coat to the fight. <laughs> Now, all of a sudden, you know, you're on their radar. Like, oh, he doing too much. Got to get rid of him. You know. Now, all this inbreeding and, and, and community uproar. But if we would have been low-key, like, man, nobody trying to be like them. We just trying to stay low-key, get our stuff together. And by the time they figure it out, it's going to be too late. Because the lawyer can't snitch on you because he bound to keep it, you know. You know, attorney client privilege. So those people on the outside really actually are in a much better situation. You know, I mean, I think I'm much better having nothing and then getting to pick what I want as opposed to having a whole bunch of stuff I can't get rid of. You know, you can't go back and unring the, the student loan. <laughs> You know, you can't go back and get the years that you spent on the job. You can't go back and unpay the car notes, you know, untake the trips. You know, you can't go un, you know, do, you know, the mortgages. You know, so sometimes when God takes it all away, it's so that you can start from ground zero. You know, having no car means that now you can buy a car and get a good deal. You know, but if you got a car that you spent too much on, now you got to try to keep that car running. You know, having no car might allow you to go months with no car note and learn that, hey, man, I really don't need a car. You know? Man, I actually come out better, you know, hopping on the bus. You know, I actually come out better taking Uber than the person who got to go, you know, and get their car fixed in two, three weeks. You know, so not having it, 
put you in a position for God to actually talk to you, work with you. you know? I, mean, I tell people all the time, if my plans would have worked, I'd be at work right now. <laughs> I'd be somewhere in some store doing something, you know, for a living. But God had a different plan. You know, it was them them 3 a.m.s when he was downloading stuff. It was them 3 a.m.s when he was calling me and talking to me and visiting me. And he talks to me in an audible voice. You know, it was them early mornings that he gave me nuggets that I could then use to feed myself. You know, like he gave me all of these talents. And what am I doing with them? Getting fat and making all the make getting fat and making some company that's gonna fire me a bunch of money. That ain't the way he wanted me to live. That ain't the way he wants you to live. You know, you at work, they don't appreciate you, they don't love you. But because you didn't got yourself in such a hole financially trying to be like the Joneses, now you stuck. You know, so you might have to take the next few months. And just be like, we ain't buying no more new stuff. We're paying off all our old stuff. You know, we're gonna wear these same little outfits, no matter what people think. Yeah, I wore this to the last wedding, I'm gonna wear it to the next wedding too. Okay. You know, but in the meantime, I'm slowly coming out this hole. You know, I'm getting up early. One of the reasons getting up early is such a good thing is nobody up to distract you. Nobody up to talk you out of it. Nobody up to hate on you. No. Nobody up to create doubt. So now, because nobody can, can shake your faith, you start achieving stuff. You know, I mean, one of the reasons, you know, I talk about the things that I've done is not because, you know, I'm involved in in the past that much because I really could care less. You know, I talk about the things I've done just so people could see, man, it's impossible. It's it's possible to do the impossible. You know, it's possible to do something different. It's possible to be 40 some years old and overweight and in the hospital and with diabetes and in need of a CPAP and you know in a dead end job. And come from under that. You know, whenever I talk to clients or I talk to, to people in need of, you know, my advisory skills, you know, I always try to point out their progress. You know, like, look where you were, though. You know, look where country is. Like, man, the path you were on, hell, you probably should have been doing 20 to 10, 10 to 20. Or maybe not even be here. And you know, I, I, I just said um, to somebody maybe a couple of days ago to just take a look back, you know, because sometimes we get so down and so wrapped up in our thoughts where if you take a look back to where you were, whether it's your childhood or your 20s, your 30s, you know, and you look at where you are now, the things you've overcome, you know, the, the heartache and heartbreak that you went through. Um, the accomplishments that you achieved and that you held on to, you know, mm -hmm. and we have to learn to give ourselves that grace, you know, 
um, because it's important and it helps us to become where we are. So we took some losses. Okay, and you know, but how did you bounce here. back from that? You know? I'm still here. I'm still here. And I can still change things and I can still get the life that I wanted to to have. It's not, God ain't done with me yet, you know, because I'm still here. That was good because I'm still here. God's not done, you know. And so stop blocking your blessings with your mental thoughts, you know. Yeah. You got anything um, else before we do takeaways? Mm, just simply this. You're still here. So don't look at the yesterday. Look at what could be tomorrow. Where could I be in, in three months if I really focused on those things that God been giving me at three in the morning? Where could I be if I really got or out of my own way? If I started studying, if I started doing a little bit every day, we talked about the other day, 20 minutes. You know, if I started doing them 20s every day, if I started writing it down and putting action behind it and effort and energy behind, it, where could I be? You know, you got a chance to do the thing he wants to do. Bottom line. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, how are we turning 3 a.m. into a positive? It's funny because sometimes <laughs> we get on here and we don't know what we're going to talk about. And so, we went with the voice of God, right? And we are trying to turn 3 a.m. into positives. You're awake for a reason. Most of us live in the past, as Sadan said, always watching back there. Um, but if God wanted us to look into the past, then the rearview mirror would not be there. You know, it, we would be looking into a big window. But God has that front window big because there's so much opportunity in front of us. So watch what you're speaking. Satan don't know our future. He don't know where we're going. Only God knows that. He knows our past, though. So we need to be watching what we're stirring up, what we're putting out in the atmosphere. All of the, the negativity. Um, brings about sicknesses and and depression and anxiety and everything else. So you don't really want to do that. You know, the devil plays in (coughs) what if, what if we don't make it? What if I can't do it? What will my parents and my friends think, right? Beauty attracts the eye, but personality captures the heart. And your heart and your mind and your body knows what it needs. And, And we allow... Uh, people and ourselves to talk us out of it. And so let go of what's gone. Be grateful for what's still here and look forward to what um, to what's to come because if God is waking you up, God still is. And run you still have it. a purpose. And run toward it. Run, run, run toward it. Yeah. So like, don't be afraid. Don't oh, be overwhelmed with fear. Take, take some deep breaths, as Sadan said, to clear your thoughts. Um, sometimes I tell people to find a word to focus on just to clear your thoughts because our mind can, it's so, this, we so jacked up. You know, that's like, say you, you dive into some water and you feel like you can't hold your breath, but come to find out you can hold your breath longer than what you think. Right. If you just train yourself. So we're trying to have these short, shallow breaths. And a lot of us don't do the deep uh, breaths at all anymore. Right. And so if we just find those words to recenter our focus, then we'll be okay. Get up or stay in bed. Right. Or pray. When you pray, you're communicating with God and it gives you peace. And that peace brings what? It brings rest. Rest brings what? Recovery. 
Recovery brings what? Positivity in the mind, the body, and the soul. So on that note, if you hang in there with me, I'll hang in there with you. Peace.